Hello and welcome to this special preview podcast brought to you by the CSF. My name is Professor Chris Edwards from the University of Southampton in the UK. The annual ULAR Congress is always an important gathering of people and ideas in the field of rheumatology. And for the second year, ULAR has risen to the ongoing challenges of COVID-19 by running the meeting on a virtual platform. The expansive scientific programme will cover the broad spectrum of the rheumatic diseases and include state-of-the-art lectures, basic science and clinical symposia, abstract sessions and presentations. And new for 2021, ULAR networking. The CSF is here to help guide you through key content on cytokine signaling science being shared at the meeting. With 2,747 abstracts submitted, we've identified 80 that cover key CSF topics, including latest clinical data, real world data, difficult to treat RA and pain, as well as new molecules and of course, COVID. Over the coming days, we'll bring you daily highlights podcasts, interviews with authors of notable abstracts and an overall Congress review. You can find our abstract selections and Congress highlights on the CSF website right now. They feature details and session times for our pick of the most notable abstracts in the field of cytokine signaling. Ahead of the Congress start, I'd like to highlight some of the latest research in cytokine signaling, which will be featured at ULAR 2021, to help you to plan your time during what is always a busy week. The first area we'll look at is RA, where there is now over 10 years of real world experience with JAK inhibitors. For anybody interested in JAK inhibitors, a key highlight will be the ULAR session TSD-MARD therapy of RA on Friday. Here, three invited speakers will cover key topics on JAK inhibs. Some of that impressive long-term data will be presented by Professor Roy Fleischmann, showcasing JAK inhibitors in the news, reviewing side effects. Professor Hendrik Schultz-Koops discusses selective JAK inhibitors on the verve, implications for therapy. And finally, Diego Kybers brings us the latest data cut from the SCQM registry. In recent years, the programme of ULAR recommendations has been tremendously valuable to us as clinicians. This year's recommendation session gets the main ULAR scientific sessions going on Wednesday. And I want to bring up two noteworthy presentations on COVID-19 in the management of RMDs. First, Professor Robert Landway pre presents the ULAR recommendations on the management of RMDs in the context of SARS-CoV-2, an update of the process. The second by Dr. Alicia Luno on the ULAR points to consider on COVID-19 pathophysiology and immunomodulatory therapies from the rheumatology perspective. The CSF has been delivering regular updates on COVID-19 data that's important to us as clinicians in rheumatology. There are a number of important papers during the meeting, including data on vaccines in RA patients, the outcomes of different therapies we use on COVID, and some important sessions looking at the effects in general on our patients of remote management during the pandemic. These are covered in the new developments in COVID research session on Friday by Jerome Avoac uh, and colleagues who outline the outcome of COVID-19 in patients with rheumatic and inflammatory diseases treated with rituximab. Giovanna Cuomo and colleagues will present the safety profile of Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine in patients with rheumatic diseases. Zibil Friedman and colleagues will also have a poster on the use of baricitinib and tocilizumab for the treatment of moderate to severe COVID-19 in hospitalized patients. On Saturday, there will additionally be a ULAR debate session on remote patient care 
chaired by Professor Hans Bilsma, covering the pros and cons of remote rheumatology accelerated by COVID-19 and discussed by patients, physicians and health professionals. Turning to clinical trials in RA, we also have long-term data from the Select Phase 3 programme, with a presentation by Christina charles Shulman and colleagues presenting uh, integrated laboratory abnormality profiles of upadacitinib with up to four and a half years of exposure on Thursday. This is followed by James Galloway and colleagues bringing us a review of infections and serious infections with filgotinib in the clinical trial programme. A poster from Katerina Baldi and colleagues is also a CSF pick. Here, the authors present data from a clinical and power Doppler ultrasound study on the rapid baricitinib response in RA patients with an inadequate response to methotrexate and at least one biological DMARD. Moving on now to real world data. Registries have proved a great source of information for many years now. And once again, there are several interesting abstracts at this year's meeting. Benoit Gilbert, and colleagues will be highlighting the effectiveness of baricitinib on Wednesday from the SCQMRA registry. Pool data from two registries in Canada presented by Mohamed Mohaved on Thursday will highlight real world discontinuations with tofacitinib compared to TNF inhibitors in RA patients. And further registry data from Isabel Castrejon and colleagues will report the safety profile of JAK inhibitors versus TNF inhibitors in a real world clinical practice setting. An analysis from Umut Kalionku and colleagues also on Thursday presents the treasure real-life data examining the efficacy and safety of tofacitinib in RA-associated interstitial lung disease. Staying on Thursday, Professor Anya Strangfeld and colleagues will share data on risk of serious infections in elderly patients when receiving biological DMARDs or JAK inhibitors compared to CSDMARDs during the session RA biological DMARDs. The final real world data pick from CSF is a comparative effectiveness of JAK inhibitor versus biological DMARD, a nationwide study in RA presented by Andre Barbalescu and colleagues available during the RA non-biologic treatment and small molecules session. Of course, now we're seeing more and more data of JAK inhibitors in other conditions. There are several abstracts in the spondyloarthritides. We've also begun to look at different ways of measuring outcomes, and I want to spotlight a PSA poster of interest by Professor Chris Richlin and colleagues available on Wednesday titled Proteomics Analysis Comparing the Mode of Action of Upadacitinib Between Non-Biologic DMARD Inadequate Responders and Biological DMARD Inadequate Responders in PSA Patients Identifies Distinct Pathogenic Pathways in the Select PSA1 and Select PSA2 Phase 3 Studies. Following that, Professor Atul Diyadar and colleagues presents on the efficacy and safety of upadacitinib in patients with PSA and axial involvement. And on Friday, Professor Laura Coates and colleagues will also be presenting the 2021 GRAPA treatment recommendations. Moving to axial spar and ankylosing spondylitis, I want to highlight two presentations from Thursday. The first is the one-year result from a randomized placebo-controlled study with open-label extension, where Professor Atul Diyadar and colleagues will describe the efficacy and safety of upadacitinib in patients with active AS. Following that, a look at the MRI imaging data from the Tatuga trial, Xenophon Baraliakos and colleagues will showcase the effects of filgotinib on spinal lesions also in AS. 
Now, compared to when I started in rheumatology, we've been spoilt with the options now available. However, there are still many patients who have arthritis that's difficult to treat. And this is a topic discussed in several abstracts and posters, including one from Yuji Hirano and colleagues examining the incident rates of difficult to treat RA in real world clinical practice. On Saturday, Professor Atul Diadar and colleagues underline achievement of partial remission and inactive disease in upadacitinib-treated patients with ankylosing spondylitis. He also highlights the effect of upadacitinib on reducing pain in patients with active ankylosing spondylitis. Pain is a very important topic in the management of patients, and Professor Ian McInnes and colleagues on Wednesday will similarly be reporting the impact of upadacitinib on reducing pain in patients with active PSA. And Matthias Wilk and colleagues will be presenting the question, do pain catastrophizing reduce the likelihood of remission in patients with chronic inflammatory joint disorders? On Friday, there will also be a ULR session on managing chronic pain, detailing the challenges and approaches to treatment. It's clear with these challenges that there's scope for new therapies, and there are a number of new agents presented during the meeting in PSA and RA. On Friday, Professor Laura Coates and colleagues report the efficacy and safety of guselcomab in patients with active PSA who demonstrated inadequate response to TNF inhibitors, followed by a presentation on the efficacy and safety of a new therapy, risenkizumab, in active PSA patients with an inadequate response or intolerance to biological therapies by Professor Andrew Oster and colleagues. Frank Bookgerite and colleagues will also be presenting proof of concept phase 2A data on ABBV3373, a novel anti-TNF glucocorticoid receptor modulator antibody drug conjugate in patients with RA. Finally, I'd like to spotlight a presentation in the psoriatic arthritis treatment session by Professor Philip Mees and colleagues, who looks at some exciting phase 2 results for ducrafacitinib an oral selective tyrosine kinase 2 inhibitor. As always, there is a great selection of independent and industry-sponsored symposia to choose from. For those of us interested in cytokine signaling, the key picks are the sessions from Pfizer, looking at JAK inhibitors and RA, and asking what, where, how, why, who, and when, presented on Wednesday, along with Lily, that will explore the global experience of treating RA with baricitinib, considering different circumstances on different continents. Also in RA, AbV will be striving for remission with JAK inhibition in the management of RA on Friday. Galapagos will bring us two symposia, walking in Darwin's footsteps, the first discussing the continuing evolution of RA patient care as we adapt to a changing environment on Wednesday, and the second exploring the role of JAK inhibitors within the diverging RA treatment landscape on Thursday. AbbVie provides a practical guide to the use of JAK inhibitors in the management of RA and SPA available on Wednesday. And of course, not to be missed are the two CSF symposiums at ULAR. The first, sponsored by AbbVie, entitled COVID-19 and the Management of Patients with Rheumatic Musculoskeletal Diseases. Join us on the 3rd of June, where I and my esteemed colleagues review the most recent findings and advice on the management of patients during the COVID-19 pandemic and more. The second CSF symposium takes place on the 4th of June, titled Cytokine Signaling Blockade, Interactions and Outcomes, and is sponsored by Lilly, 
This session is chaired by Professor Paul Emery and will cover cytokine signaling pathways, the immunopathologic consequences of targeting those pathways and perspectives for the future. I hope you've enjoyed this preview. We aim to highlight the ever increasing range of data available on cytokine signaling. The CSF has plenty more ULAR support planned as the Congress gets underway. For a condensed overview of the most important abstracts presented each day, be sure to look out for our daily highlights. Even in a virtual format, we know it's not possible to visit every poster and presentation. So to bring you a flavor of the poster hall, we'll be interviewing as many presenters as possible to get the inside perspective on their research. After the meetings, as always, we will release our ULAR Congress review, this year presented by Professors Hans Bilsma and Riki Elton. At that point, we'll also share with you our review of various satellite symposia for any that you missed or want to revisit. Finally, mark your diaries for June the 9th, when CSF will host a live webinar to discuss key data from ULAR with myself uh, and Professors Bernard Coombe and Janet Pope. We trust this extensive coverage will help enhance your enjoyment of ULAR 2021. Please start by visiting cytokinesignaling.com and downloading our ULAR 2021 highlights, which include details of the key abstracts accepted for publication. And all that remains for me to say is, enjoy the Congress. Thank <laughs> you.